0: Welcome to the Saved by Grace podcast, bringing you stories of hope, restoration, and God's faithful love. I'm your host, Sylvia Fuentes. Hi, and welcome to Saved by Grace. I'm your host, Sylvia Fuentes. And today I have the great honor to have Pastor Gail Krott on the show. Pastor Gail is an author, the author of God Moments. He's also the CEO and founder of spiritual care consultants and pastor Gail today is going to share his journey his very special God moments with all of us Pastor Gail welcome to Saved by Grace.
1: Thank you Sylvia. It's an honor to be on your show. And um uh, yes I love to share what the Lord has been doing because he really loves people, right?
0: Yes, yes, amen. Um, you know, Pastor Gail One of or the goal of Saved by Grace is to uh, share these stories, right, to help elevate people's faith, to bring hope to the hopeless hearts, and to also share the Lord's true nature, because so many times he gets blamed for things that are, you know, are not about him. He had really nothing to do with. Um, I think that people often confuse his sovereignty with his will. And, um, and so, you know, we share these testimonies and these stories to, as I said, to just hope, hopefully put the truth out there and inspire and anyone who doesn't know the Lord, perhaps, you know, they come to a point of curiosity of calling out to him, of asking him to show himself. And that said, Um, I'm going to just hand this over to you so that you can start um, sharing with our listeners and our viewers um, how it is that you came to know the Lord.
1: Well, I love to share that. And I like the title Saved by Grace, too, because God's grace. um, There's a song my grandma taught me growing up called Wonderful Grace of Jesus, reaching the most defiled by its transforming power, making me God's dear child. Purchasing peace from heaven, giving me liberty, for the wonderful grace of Jesus reaches me. And that was a song my grandma taught me growing up. I always lived with grandma. When I was born, grandma came to live. So for me, uh, coming in contact with the Lord, he used some unconventional methods to reach me. I think he wanted to kind of blow me out of my trajectory or my path that I was walking on because he had a different path in mind for me. And so I always heard about Jesus growing up. You know, I was in a Wesleyan church. They always talked about Jesus. I've heard a lot about him, but I really came to meet him one day. I know it's going to sound really strange, but walking in a Mm cornfield, I grew up on a farm and being in the midst of the corn. No, I'm not a child of the corn. But being in the midst of the stalks of corn, in the I don't know, I like walking in cornfields had a sense of the presence of the Lord drawing me, uh, where I really gave, my first encounter was giving my heart to him at around the age of seven. And I, I can't tell you how I know that his presence was there reaching out to me, but it just, I remember in a, in a elementary school getting a little Gideon New Testament and how much that meant to me. Now they don't give those out in schools no more, but I still have. That New Testament with God with lightning bolts beside him. <laughs> See, somehow I was taught that God was kind of mean, yeah. but He actually was a lot more filled with grace. And then, it, then when He began to draw me and call me, and, and at first I thought, "Yeah, that's pretty cool," you know. And then as I got older, I thought God got the wrong number. But when I was about twelve, I just said, "Lord, if you are so powerful," and I wasn't even praying. I said this flippantly. I said, if you're so powerful, why don't you just show me sometime? Well, that I bit off more than I could chew on that one because it was in the middle of the night. I'm going to say about 4 a.m. I heard swooshing in my room, like somebody walking with gowns on. And I'm like, who, who is in my room? And I opened my eyes, and then I was afraid. You know, the Bible said when the shepherds saw the angels, they were sore afraid. Now I know why they were afraid because I saw seven, seven foot tall angels around my bed, and I'm like, oh no, oh no. And then the atmosphere of the room was crushing. So, if you know anything about the Hebrew word for glory, it's kavad, it means weight or heaviness. And I felt like I was being crushed. Then my spirit came out, and I remember looking back at myself with the angels, and I'm up here. And I'm like, oh no, my mom and dad are going to find me. My first thought was for my mom and dad, it wasn't. And then I flew like I was being shot out of a gun, like boom, like high rate of speed. I didn't see a tunnel, didn't see a bright light. I didn't go through some of the normal things. I don't know why. And this was so long ago. I'm now 63 years old. But as I'm approaching this beautiful city now, my mom and dad never talked about the city. So I really didn't have no uh, frame of reference for the heavenly city. But it looked like a jewel on the horizon. The light coming from within, infracted out through the walls, and there was no sun, moon, or stars where I was at. And then the gate opened. One of the gates opened, and Jesus came out to see me. And people said, Jesus, come to see you? Yeah, and I told them to stop. Because, <laughs> okay, for me, I'm unholy, and he's holy, right? And he didn't look like anything you see in church. We've got the somber face and the long hair. He looks more like the laughing Christ. The hair is longer, but he's very kind, very loving, very full of grace. And when I told him to stop, he stopped and I stopped. You know, we always hear that term, we're clothed in his righteousness, right? But do we really know what that means? So I got the experience that when he saw me, he didn't see me. He saw his blood. He knew everything about me. But nothing mattered except for what he did for me. And that was a pretty cool experience because I tell people my sins are not covered by the blood. They're washed away by the blood. So he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and it kind of sounds like a country song. I was looking at him and he's looking at me and I said, I have two requests. And he didn't speak. He looked kind of like you're looking at me with a little bit of a smile. He's looking at me. He's probably thinking, I'm blowing his circuits right now. Yeah, you are, Lord. I said, one, my mission on earth isn't done. So I said, if you let me go back. Well, I didn't know if you'd let me go back. I I didn't know if I was going back. You know, if you let me go back, will you let me finish my mission? And if you let me go back, will you please take those angels out of our room? They're frightening me. He put me back immediately. There were no angels in the room. And I hit my knees. I said, Lord, whatever sin I've ever committed against you, please, I mean, I was like, Lord, forgive me for everything, you know, I, even things I can't remember because, wow. You know, and what I noticed about him was he didn't speak, but he did speak. Right. Because when he smiled, he basically said, I love you and you're back. And so I I always think about my life and the path is taken. You know, when I got 19 years old, I ran the other direction. I told God he called the wrong number.
0: You don't want me to uh,
1: serve you. You know, you really did call the wrong number, God. You know, I'm full of insecurities. I barely made high school. Now you want me to go to college. You really got the wrong number, God. But it was at 1984. I had been running from God for five years. I said, God, I'm going the other way. I'm going to be a Jonah. I'm going to go to Nineveh instead. I'm not going to go where you want me to go. I'm going to go the other direction. And uh, while I was driving my Camaro home one night, I had a nice car. I had my Camaro. And I said, Lord, I." Uh, he said, are you going to give up? And finally, I told him I would give up. So I went to a camp meeting. There was about 1,000 people. And one of my favorite evangelists was preaching, Tom Hermes. His father, grandparents were martyrs in Turkey. And I don't know what he's talking about. All I could all I know is I got to get to the altar because I'm in trouble. I'm not where I should be, and I know I need to give up. I know I need to surrender. And I thought, Preacher, if you don't be quiet, I'm walking the aisle. Whether you give an altar call or not, I'm coming. So he goes, Anyone want to come to the altar? And boom, out of my seat, in front of all my family. You know what they are saying? Yeah, there he goes again. He does this every year. I remember I was crying so hard. I fell across the altar. I said, Lord, I'll follow you. I'll go anywhere you want me to. I'll say anything you want to say, but I got one deal I got to make with you. If I'm going to serve you, I got to see what I read in the book of Acts. If I can't see that, I don't want to serve you. And God hasn't disappointed me, Sylvia and that's what the book's all about god moments it's about my encounters with jesus my encounters with my grandma and jesus i mean things i've seen the lord do because he wants people to believe in him yeah i amen. mean he said you know if you don't believe in me i just wrote the scripture down he said if you don't believe in me believe at least in the miracles i do because they testify of me that the father is in me and so i i even argued with the lord i don't want to write the book and he said well, those aren't your stories, they're mine. And he said, if you don't write them and you die, they're gone. So I'm actually working on book two right now. I got nine chapters into it already. I just got really inspired. More stories. And it was grace that saved me because there's no other way to look at it. I didn't deserve it. I didn't. I deserve to go to hell. I don't deserve to go to heaven. But it ain't about that
0: it it's not about that, right, and you know um pastor, one of the things that I always or you know whenever I'm sharing either my testimony or just sharing um his nature and his love with others is that you know that how big it was what he did on that cross mm. if we if we it and it's it's hard to sometimes even take it all in. Um, Mm -hmm. you speak about, uh, when, you know, when you had the encounters with him, that he didn't speak, he just smiled and that you knew at the age of seven, that you had a mission and you had not completed it. Right. And someone might say, how does a seven year old know this? But, you know, I remember I, I had a face to face encounter with Jesus and, um, though he may not open his mouth to speak it's this constant telepathic communication and uh-huh. we suddenly know stuff you know like we suddenly in his presence it's like we suddenly know stuff um and then you know a- again at the age of 12 and again you know later on and that just speaks on his saving grace that he uh-huh. doesn't he doesn't give up on us even though we, you know, we may want to go in another direction or whatever, his patience, his grace, his love, um, you know, just it's overwhelming. Um,
1: Believe me, I deserve to be given up on. But he <laughs> never think, did. But,
0: but you know what, Pastor? I think that that's something that can we can all say.
1: Relate to, yeah. That we
0: can all relate to. You know, I think that... Um, I'm glad he didn't give up on me because it took a very long time for me to finally, and I'll use the word surrender because that's what it was. It was a surrender. It was a, okay, I, I can't do this on my own. And, um, and at no point, and I share this, that I didn't come to him asking him nicely to please reveal himself in my life. I challenged him.
1: (laughs) You know, I said, he threw the gauntlet down
0: right. I said, I said, come on, you know, like if you're real, let, let's see who you are. Let's see, you know, let's see what you got. And at no time did he ever say, don't you come talking to me that way? Don't you know who I am? Instead, what I was, um, confronted with or what I, what I met was pure love, Mm -hmm. pure love. And you talk about that your sins weren't, um, covered, but rather washed away. There was pure love and acceptance. There was not one thing that I had to change before receiving that pure love or before receiving that pure love. It was just automatic. It was there. So um, what what are you doing now? Um, You're writing the second book. Do you have a title for the second book yet?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do.
0: Oh, are you going to share or are we going to have to wait?
1: (laughs) It's Jesus in the Mountains.
0: Wow.
1: Yes, I have a title. You know, Sylvia, I go and work in places where we pull guys and girls right out of the pit of hell. We pull them out of darkness. We pull kids out that have been committing crimes. Some have assassinated. We go for these kids in South America. And we pull them away from the drug lords. And we tell them about this Jesus that loves them. And we see the wonderful grace. Man, those kids, when they hear what Jesus did, I was there not to this past year. And and Pastor Christian Lyon, he said, preach the gospel, Gail, preach. So I got into the whipping and the crown of thorns. And I saw those kids, listen. And I was talking about the punishment he took for them. And I saw them begin to cry. They never heard the message. And you know what? Every kid. Fifty-four kids from the Devil's Gang gave their heart to Jesus, the whole bunch. Once they heard what he did and why he did it and how much he loved them, I mean, when we don't make it easy, we tell them Christianity's not for crybabies. And if you're a crybaby, maybe you shouldn't accept Jesus. Oh, <laughs> you no. Risked, no, wait, they risk their life when they come. Right. Because over 40 of them have been assassinated since 2008 for their faith. So I've seen the grace of God reach down and take these kids and save them and redeem them and put their feet, because that's what it's about. So what I'm doing now, you asked, is um, now I'm the executive director of Spiritual Care Consultants of West Michigan, the co-founder with my partner, Dr. Carlson. We are a healing ministry. We work with children, adults, and families, and we do it all We at no cost. We don't charge. And I wrote the healing process we use. So, presently, I do that right now. Then I'm doing at least two mission trips a year. I did three this year to South America, doing training, equipping, and healing. I just did a march, Save the Children March in Costa Rica three weeks ago. Um, And uh, that's what I'm doing now. My life is all about bringing healing. And I like it when I can go into the darkness. Yeah. As you see, The people in the darkness, God loves them too. They just need to know there's a God that loves them. People say, are you ever afraid? I go, no, I'm with Christian Lion. Listen to his name, Christian Lion. So he's a lion and his church is Lion of the tribe of Judah. So he used to be in the drug culture and now he's saved. And uh, so that's kind of what I'm doing now. Plus putting the God stories down, the stories that, Jesus wants me to put down. No, It can be found on Amazon.com. You just put in my name because I got the unexpected call. That's my trip to 9-11, two weeks after the terrorist attack. And then I have the God moments. And then there's a third one coming, which I hope to have out next year. I'm presently writing the stories. And they're all true stories, right. crazy stories I've seen God do in the foreign field. So I don't know. There's no one beyond saving. No. There's no one beyond God's grace.
0: No, not at all. Not at all. And I can't tell you how many. Go ahead. No, that his desire is that we are all reconciled back to him, you know, that we are all reconciled back to him. So if there's anyone out there feeling like whatever you've done, it's too much. God couldn't possibly receive you. Take it from these two that are speaking to you right now. There is no one that is beyond saving. It is his desire that you all be saved. There is nothing that is beyond forgiveness. And, um, you know, what is it, Pastor? The the word says that he comes and he forgives our transgressions and as far as the East is from the West. And he never... And he never again, right. He never again remembers them. So if there's any condemnation that you're experiencing, any guilt, any shame, know that that is not God speaking to you at all. That's the voice of the enemy. And, um, and that is not God speaking to you. Of course the enemy is going to want to keep you far away, feeling condemned, uh, shamed and guilt written written because, Just like it happened for me, just like it happened for Pastor Gail. The moment that you experience the love of Christ, you will have a new life. You will know that you were um, created with a plan and a purpose. Mm -hmm. And Pastor Gail, there's something that you wrote in your book right before chapter one starts. Do you know what it is? (laughs) You wrote, do you see yourself as God sees you? Do you know that you are not a mistake? God planned and destined you to be born for such a time as this.
1: Man, do I ever believe that? Like, whenever I look at someone, excuse me, whenever I look at someone, I say, God, who are they? Why did you create them? Show me. Help me deliver that message to them. Yeah. Because that'll be a message of hope. In a message of encouragement. Because there's no a mistake. If you're born and you're listening to me right now, God has a plan for you. You might say, well, I'm too old. Nope. No, you're not. You might say, well, you don't know what I've done. Well, I don't need to know because Isaiah one eighteen says, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white like wool. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be white like snow. So it doesn't matter what you've done. If you honestly come to him, he'll wash it away. He'll even wash the stain away.
0: Right, amen.
1: It's the enemy that reminds you,
0: yes, exactly, Pastor Gail. Um, I went to the Lord, uh, I do with every guest asking, um, that He lay a scripture on my heart, and um, the one that He uh that He laid on my heart for you is uh Jeremiah 33 3. And it's a good uh, one, as, as it's a good one, and as you're sharing your testimony. You know, it always makes sense why he gives me the scriptures that he gives me for each person. So Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And when you called to him, you said, I want to see these things if I'm going to, you know, live for you and serve you, Lord. Um... Pastor Gail, I want to thank you for coming on, for sharing um, your story, uh, for everything that you're doing, for the yes that you've given the Lord, for everything that you're doing for his kingdom. Um, if our listeners, our, our viewers want to get in touch with you, how can they do that?
1: Well, they can go to my website, gailcrockbooks.com, or they could email me at gail. G A L E at spiritualcare consultants.com. The easiest way to get a hold of me. And if they want the book, they put my name, Gail Kroc, into, uh, into Amazon. But be careful you don't order the Spanish copy because it's in English and in Spanish. And so, and if you want to learn to walk more in God moments, there's also a study guide with the book too that you can purchase. And so that's how they get a hold of me. And our website uh, for the ministry I'm at is spiritualcareconsultants, with an S on the end, dot com.
0: Awesome. Pastor Gail, thank you. Do you think that you can close us out in a prayer?
1: Yes. Father God, we thank you for everybody listening today. Lord Jesus, may they know that you love them. May they say, Lord, I need you. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Be my Savior. I pray for those that are under mental torment, that they would be freed from that torment. In the name of Jesus, for those that need healing in the body, I pray that there would be a healing, anointing, and release. For those that just flat out feel hopeless, I pray that you would restore their hope because you are our living hope. We thank you for your grace, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: I thank you all for tuning in. This has been another episode of Saved by Grace. Thank you for tuning in to Saved by Grace podcast. Do you have a God story that you'd like to share with the world? If so, please send us a message to PDCST at gmail.com.